We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Kobe in the fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast, and Will DeBerg, who coaches at the University of St. Thomas and has been joining me on a lot of these draft podcasts, is back. Um, today, we are going to dig into, or we have dug into the film of Denny Avdia and RJ Hampton. If you do end up liking, if you just kind of come back to the podcast, if you do end up liking uh, what you heard today, Will and I have done this with a, a ton of these draft prospects. LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Maxey, Kyra Lewis Jr., Daniel Oturo, Zeke Naji, Devin Vassell, Patrick Williams, Tyrese Halberton, Aaron Neesmith, Anyeka Kangu, Isaac Koro, Teo Maladon, Killian Hayes, Obi Toppin, and Cole Anthony. All those guys. There's a podcast um, in the feed on all of them. So dig back in um, if you missed any of those and want to check them out. Will, I want to start with Denny of Dia, between those two of, of Dia and Hampton. And, and I think we got to start by acknowledging that we've talked about Avdia before when we did our big board back, I think it was July 2nd or 1st, something like that. And so we have watched some film of Avdia. But this was now the time where we both really dug in. And I want, I guess I want to say that we were both really low on him. I think you had him 12th on your big board, I had him 13th. And just right off the bat, did this actually watching him through more is your is your opinion different of 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 dia now than it was july 2nd yeah i think it's definitely different i think and i'm sure we're going to talk about this the difference in his minutes with his tel aviv team changed drastically so when we watched when we watched the film and we didn't watch much but when we watched it back when when we did a lot of it was just garbage time where he would play like i think he was averaging i don't know 10 11 minutes a game um, coming off the bench, not playing a lot. And since the restart, um, was playing what, 25, 30 minutes mm-hmm. a game. So it was like a, it was a completely different sample size. Um, you got to see him 
in a way bigger role. Um, a kind of different role, too. Different role, for sure. Like, he, like I don't, it, it looked like a different different team, different player. So, yeah, I think just, just from that alone, it changed quite a bit for me. Yeah, so I just kind of went and, like, timetabled it up because, yeah, I mean, I, I had FD at 13th, you had him 12th, which was which is very different than the was and is the consensus for FDO. I think he's like kind of, I don't know, a middle of the lottery guy in most places. I think some, some have mocked him as high as Golden State at two, you know? So that, that obviously doesn't line up with what I had seen um, of him a while ago. And I think it, <laughs> the, the difference is, is FDO played, has played 12 games since we recorded that podcast in July. They had their own bubble. They came back and started playing and the role the role was completely different he was as you said he was playing like largely garbage time I mean there, there was bits and pieces here and there where he was actually playing before but I just like struggled before to find anything that I really found intriguing I'm like what where are these people who are saying like oh D of five I'm like well what where what is making you say that I, I mean, wasn't sure what he the scouts or I, I don't know right on the film. It just wasn't there right before. Right. What, I wasn't sure what he did yeah. right away. Like he was just kind of this guy out there that was playing. Like I yeah. didn't, didn't understand the hype and granted. I mean, I didn't watch much of it, but it just didn't stick out. Yeah. Like he, no, not at all in ways where, you know, obviously this isn't a great class, but all the guys we've watched have had a, a lot of, a handful of things that have stuck out in the you know hundreds of clips we've watched. And so it was just, it was just very hard for me to, to rank him. And then I think what we did see in these 12 games is, yeah, is, is a different role. He looked dynamic off the dribble. He played point guard. He was being used all over the floor. Like he was the guy mm-hmm. on the wing for that team. And I started being like, okay, like I can see now how this player fits into, you know, in an NBA rotation. Right. So what, Tell me a few things you like. Like what what's what changed or what surprised you watching him the second time? I think I think he could be a because he's so big, I think he could be a really good secondary ball handler. Mm-hmm. Like out on the floor where I, I, I like the actions they they had Scott Wilbeckin um on their team who was at Florida a while ago and, and he would just when he was out there with Wilbeckin, it would be he'd bring it up and it would just kind of be right away like Past FD on the wing, Amari Stoudemire or Quincy AC. Awesome team, by the way. Crazy team. They they come set up. Nate Walters. Yes, yeah. Omri Cat. I mean, the the team was ridiculous. But I I liked. I just. I liked him in the high pick and roll action, and he's six nine. It's huge. And he's fast. You know, he's he's fast for that size and his ability to get downhill, and be able to to pass while he's doing Mm -hmm. that. And like, I I totally don't want to, to go to Jokic, but. I've been thinking about Jokic a lot and like what makes him special in this. And we've, we've always talked about Nikola Jokic as a, as a great passer. Right. But what, what makes him completely unique from any other big man passer is that he can pass while he's on the move, while he's going downhill. Mm-hmm. No bigs can do that. Now, if D is not seven foot and 200, however many pounds, like, like Jokic is, but he ha- he does have that where he can get like that size and force going downhill. And he was also, he was dr- able to like drop it off to guys. He, he has good vision for a bigger bodied, you know, like a three, four sort of player. But I started thinking about it. I'm like, what position does he play? Because I feel like if that's his best skill, that's that's only really valuable at the four. And then it's just kind of most threes right. can kind of do that in the NBA. So Does it matter, though? 
Like if, if you don't know his position. No. Yeah. I guess it's just who's guarding him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's a better way to look at it. I think, right. Yeah. Like, cause he could be a matchup problem. He could be a matchup problem, but I think that's, a, he's a matchup problem. If it's, if it's a, a smaller guy or a guy that he's quicker right. than. So he's I, certainly at his best when he's handling the ball, making plays. Yes. Anytime he's off the ball, he's not a great shooter. I feel like he just stood a lot watching him. I was, when mm-hmm. I watched all his possessions when he wasn't the, the main ball handler. Sure. And it just like for being six, nine and a pretty good athlete, I just wanted him to do more stuff off the ball. He just kind of spaced the floor and, and is an average shooter where I feel like a guy like that can attack can cut can offense rebound. And he didn't do a bunch. He didn't do a lot of that, which, which I, I felt like he was obsessed, man, in trying to get a bunch of catch and shoot looks to put together a reel for his <laughs> for this NBA draft. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm serious. Like, yeah, I think that was. I think he had agents. I think he had whoever team, Where, they want to see. Ear. We want to see forty catch and shoot threes in professional play. Mm-hmm. When, like not garbage time. I, I I think that's what he was like motivated trying to do. He he was. Because when, yeah, you're right. When he didn't have the ball, he was like, all right, here we go. I want to show people that I right. can shoot. I want to show people that I can shoot. And I thought it was really, I mean, the, we, we have to talk about the shot. That's kind of the, the make or break, I, right. I, I feel like, on him. And I, I thought it was really interesting, you know, just kind of having tracked the narratives on some of this stuff now. You know, you're reading all the mock drafts. You're reading all, all that. Like, I, I can't say I've entered these guys with, like, a blank slate anymore. And you start to start getting influenced by the things you read or you see. And I remember like right away once they started playing again, enough Diaz like a few games in and people are like, oh my God, his shot has changed. He made, I think he made four threes in his first game back and maybe his third game back, he made like five. Right. And, and you're like, I was like, okay, maybe, you know, I was like, maybe he did. Maybe he did improve it. <laughs> and then if you actually just, watch it or you just look at the numbers what it was is he made he made i have i have it here at, at he some shot point. it really well to start didn't he the and first five games back he made 14 of 29 threes right so it's like oh shit yeah we gotta this guy he's got i mean he can already dribble and now now he can shoot it yeah and then the next seven games there's a 12 bubble games the next seven games he shot seven of 35 20 percent did you so, did you watching him shoot? Did you ever think the ball was going in? No. I, I don't know why. I had the same thought. I I don't know why. It, well, it's just so. But it looks like it looks it's so manufactured. Yeah. Mechanical. However, you know, however you want to put it, it's just for those of you who haven't watched him, and this this might get taken out of context a little bit. His shot looks like say. Clay Thompson. <laughs> yeah. I'm go watch a couple minutes of a YouTube clip if you haven't watched. Like it's. Well, it's 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 the having the, the elbows up, starting like a high catch. Yeah, catches it. And there's spot, no wasted movement. He just catches it and it goes up, which sounds great. It's not great. It, it's not, and and so I get what what I'm trying to say is like I, I think maybe for people who haven't watched him or, or are just kind of following these narratives or reading these things is like, yes, he made in those first five games back he made half of his threes. The next seven he made seven of 20 percent. And you know what that averages out to? Thirty three percent. You know what he shot in the first 47 games of the season? 33%. Like, he shot 33% this year. That's just, that's just what happened. Right. And, and I, actually, before we turn on the mics, we were, we, were talk, we were talking about this with just shooters in the NBA of, like, we shouldn't use three-point percentage as your value as a shooter. But it can be an indicator. Definitely. 
and I think it's particularly an indicator for players who are getting open shots. And Denny of Diaz's shots were open. Spot-up rhythm threes. They weren't – the teams were – opponents were clearly saying, don't close out. Right. And, and to me, I'm not saying three-point percentage is everything, but if I'm watching the film and I'm seeing a guy who's getting left open on, at three and still is only making 33% of them, right. that's, that's pretty concerning. And I just, have, I just have questions about, like, I don't know how we can bet that that player, how it becomes a safe bet that that player is a competent shooter in the NBA. Yeah, and I think you talk about indicators. The other one is his free throw percentage. Yeah. It's probably the best way to project if mm-hmm. a guy is going to develop. Like if you're shooting 33% from, from three, but you're shooting 86 from the line, sure, there's probably more room to be optimistic there. Mm-hmm. But he's shooting, I think I've read, I looked up 56, per, yeah. 56% on 400 free throws almost the last three years. Like mm-hmm. that is not, that is concerning. And okay, so you'd be better at this than me. Like, I mean, what are the odds it gets better? At at some point, he is nineteen. You know, he's right. a kid. Like, is this something that you know can be corrected? It, it doesn't appear to be a mechanical problem. It it appears to be like an accuracy problem. Right. I don't. I don't know. Like, how, how how do you how would you approach that? I guess as a coach. I mean, I, there are outliers, right? There's always examples of guys like Kawhi is the obvious one, probably sure. that that jumps out at you. But Jason Kidd, like, there's always guys who who do Im- improve and develop. I and when I think Denny of Dia, I think Kawhi Leonard. Just <laughs> just, a, just a combo of them. Um, but but I don't know, man. I think it's once you get to a certain age, it's kind of like you can shoot it or you can't. Yeah. And, and I sometimes I think it's as black and white as that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and we've been – how many times over the, over the last five, six, seven, eight years, especially from the Timberwolves standpoint, have we been like, man, if Chris Dunn could – learn, or if Jared Culver yeah. or if Rubio or if Flint, whatever, you go down the list. But guys like – guys who you're, you're skeptical of their shots. And this is probably way broader than just the Wolves, yeah. but I think your listeners are more right. in, in tune with that. How many guys where you're, you're worried about their shot – three, four, five years down the road have been like, yeah, remember when we didn't, when we thought he wasn't going to be able to shoot? Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I think when you, when you can't shoot it at, a, at some point, it's just kind of who you are. So you can, you can improve yeah, a little bit, but you I can just, improve a little bit. And there is also the outlier chance that he does end up yeah. just becoming a guy who is, because it competent. does look good. That's the argument. It looks yeah. good. But so let's acknowledge that X percent chance that that happens. And he is a, a, a solid shooter who you're going to want to be taking open threes. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think he's at that point right now. That could maybe happen. If not, if he is a guy who is only making 33% of his open threes, not very good. Like what can this, what can this player be? Like you said, to start, he's or I think I don't know if I said it or you said it, but he's got to be the guy with the ball in his hands. He's got to be a, he's got to be in a lot of pick and rolls, surrounded by shooters. Where because yeah. with his height, the one thing my favorite thing about him is he's huge, like he's massive for for the way he can dribble, mm-hmm. and so he sees the court pretty well. So if you, I, I mean, mean, it's it's part of my argument for Lamelo Ball, like, right? Like so, if you think it, the the way he succeeds is if he is just. Not necessarily your point guard, but 
you surround him with three or four guys who can shoot mm-hmm. it, and you just let him play pick and roll and try to dice teams up with right. skip passes and finding open shooters. So, so he's Danivdi is six foot nine. The, the measurements we have: six foot nine height in shoes, six foot nine wingspan, two hundred fifteen pounds. And this this list is just kind of insane. Just of like, wait, these, those NBA players are the same size. Um, but I was thinking the same sort of thing, and th- there is a couple guys on here who are lead ball handlers or, or secondary ball handlers. Like Joe Ingles is on here. I thought I thought about that one. Yeah. And I think a big reason why Joe Ingles is is successful is that height and his the vision he has from his height. But a lot of players. What does Ingles shoot from three? I'm actually, I'm just wondering. I don't know. Uh, he's he's really good. He's like a forty percent guy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or, or has he has yeah. been like multiple years over forty percent, but. My my point is is he's six nine six nine two fifteen and there's a lot of guys on this list who are that who have had some success in the league without really being shooters. Cameron Johnson's one of them. He's a shooter. Brandon Clark is one of them, not a shooter. Jake Lehman is one of them, not a shooter. Rodney Hood shooter. T.J. Warren. I think that's actually kind of a pretty good game comp for for Avdia. I mean Warren kind of shot the lights out in the bubble, but really? never that's who- never was before. Doug that's McDermott not- shooter. Yeah. Robbie Hummel, whatever. <laughs> Chris Middleton, Chandler Parsons, Gordon Hayward, Omri Caspi, Joe Ingles, Damari Carroll. It's a weird list. And I just, none of those guys on there, they're, they're pretty much, all, the ones that are okay or good are either a good shooter or or have proven to be a really a pretty good athlete. Mm-hmm. And Abdi is not a bad athlete. But he's not, he's not a special athlete, and my assessment is he's not even an average shooter. So I just keep kind of going back to these things, and I go, all right, what, I don't know. How valuable, yeah. how valuable is this size in the NBA? Because there's, there's a lot of dudes like that. Right. And maybe he's just a special, special passer. But he had he, I mean, thirty eight assists and thirty four turnovers. Yeah, I wouldn't call that special. I wouldn't, and I wouldn't say it looked special. No, I think it was like, oh, this is nice. This is the big guy who can pass, not like this is a big guy we're running our we're running our offense through. I I, I don't know. It, it. I liked him kind of like. So if somebody asked you, they never seen him play, and they were like, "What does this guy do well?" How would you answer it? I think he when he gets downhill. He uses his body really well to create passing lanes or finishing lanes for himself. Mm-hmm. And he's just like one of really long strides, like sneaky, sneaky. All of a sudden he's kind of by you. Like one of those, his body looks so big. You're like, oh, I wouldn't expect you to be kind of fast. So yeah, I don't know. His best thing is he's like a s- sneaky physical um, for for a nineteen year old, right. I think that's actually and doing that in in the professional league against men, you know, so he I, didn't he didn't look physically outmatched at all. So I thought that too, and then I went and looked at his free throw numbers because I was like, maybe he's getting to the line a lot because with his body and, and he handles the ball a lot. Sure, five of the twelve games since he came back, zero free throw attempts. Jesus, well, I mean, which how I, much is that? Is it just in his head for shooting free which, throws? But that like that maybe. But I mean, that's why you and I both really didn't like Halliburton, right? But when, you, when you're playing 25 minutes a game, and this is only the 12 games since the since the restart, sure. when you're playing 25 minutes a game, you're handling the ball as much as he he does. And he was getting picked up full court. How do you not shoot a 
a <laughs> couple more free throws. So to me, that was because yeah. I thought the same thing you did. I was like, he's big, physical, strong. He, he's got to get to the line often. And then right. I saw that, and I was like, well, something. well, and you know, to to do the Timberwolves thing again, and Jared Culver obviously struggled a bunch at the line, also like a fifty percent free throw shooter. I mean, there got to be points of the season where Culver just stopped getting to the free throw line, and I think you know the psychoanalysis there isn't tough. It's like right. So uh, if we if we did our wing ranking now, like what wings in this draft would you, where does he fall? You don't need to do the, the big board necessarily, but as far as just, you know, I mean, sell and a, a, a Coro and, and well, where does he? So, so let me touch on the final thing. Cause I, I, I liked what I saw in this. It was way better than what I'd seen before. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I watched the offensive clips first and then I went through with the defensive ones and every inch he moved forward in offense was take. I thought his defense was terrible in the, I thought it was bad too. And the bubble games, terrible. Like, and I kept and I what I've read was a lot of positives about his defense. And I don't know why people do this. So I I watched more of his defense than I thought I was going to because I was waiting. It was I was tr- waiting was and terrible. waiting. Like there's got to be a stretch where it's like okay, now I see it. No, it, I, so I went like I ripped back into the like before. I was the, like I got to go into beyond the bubble games. I mostly just for this just watched all the bubble stuff. But I was like the defense. I watched all the defensive possessions of the twelve bubble games, and it, I mean it was. Have you ever seen a guy just get beat off off he, the dribble? Well, it, here's the thing: he didn't care. It was almost like from. It almost was like he, that one game, the one game against ha- Hapol Tel Aviv or whatever the red team. Yeah, the red team. The red, <laughs> I don't know how to. That's say how that. I think of it. You, you know what I'm talking yeah, about, I right? Do. It was. It was like, it's. It was the worst. And Neesmith's defense was terrible. It was the worst defense I'd seen. Neesmith was worse. We can no remember. that game, dude. That no, game. Okay. That game and. And so the, the reason I bring it up is it can't be that bad because there's other but stuff from the beginning of the year. What are they watching that we aren't? <laughs> honestly, honestly, my honest opinion is I think people want to make Denny of Dia a thing. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't care. Like, I would love to say, oh, I think Denny of Dia is great. I, <laughs> I think if, if people just did, if they just watched all of it, I don't think you would come away. No. If, if you're somebody right now listening and you're and you're high on Denny of Dia, you've you've liked what you read, you've liked the highlights of stuff you've seen. I had felt that way too, and then I watched it, and but it's not impressive on offense. the The defense was terrible, and I think even more concerning, just sporadic levels of effort. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's actually insane to me that people think he, even in this class that you could think about taking him over an athlete like Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman, like who are the same age as him. And you know what? Take LaMelo Ball out of it. He's his own freaking can of worms, mm-hmm. like whatever. Some of these other guys at the top, it's, I just don't get it. If it happens, I'm missing something. There's other information out here that you or I don't have have access to but it you did you did it. post that video of he did make three threes in a row in that workout yeah <laughs> it was a workout people, <laughs> people got pretty excited about three threes in a row off coming off a chair uh no Which, i think in all seriousness i think we probably agree more on denny than any other guy we've done there's i, I don't i well, could it is if we were if, if we if the wolves had the 24th pick and this was a guy like I can't believe that some people think he's a top three, four, or five pick. Blows my mind. I think, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about Arjun Hampton, who spoil like 
I think RJ Hampton would kind of be an interesting player for the Wolves to take at 17. And yeah. and on my big board, Denny Avdia will be ahead of RJ Hampton. Right. But so where does where does Denny fall? He's an answer. <laughs> so I had him at 13 before, and it's not going up. Like I, I up kind like, of what's well, better. It's not getting better. Okay. And initially, I'm watching the offensive stuff, and I'm looking at my big board, and I was like, all right, can I get him ahead of? I have like Tyrese Maxey and Kira Lewis in my lottery. Is like guy end of my lottery guys who are kind of like penciled in there, you know. I love Lewis. He's going <laughs> up the good way. The good way. <laughs> um, and what what I what I think will end up happen because happening because there's a couple guys we haven't watched that I haven't even really considered for my board like a uh, precious pre- precious um, Josh Green, Nico Mannion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever. There, there's just there's just some guys. I think ultimately I'm going to end up with. Evdia out of the lottery. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I might too. I, I I feel I feel fine in saying he's at best a late lottery. For me, right. if I was if I was right. putting you know, putting together a board and I think I think I'm he's saying just, that acknowledging there's good stuff too. Like there is the way I the, what I kept coming back to with him was I didn't think he did anything that great. I don't think he did anything that bad. And it's just kind of where does a guy like that fall? Like, I wish there was another a third person sitting here right now who who had an opinion on what it was that he really do good. And I was trying to like go like read read some stuff, right? And and really like the, the justifications I've heard are the the shot he is going to, the shot is fine the mechanics are solid he's going to at least be an average you know shooter in the league and that his passing as a a big point guard is going to be a game changer, right? Those seem to be the prevailing arguments, and that he is a good defender. Right. Those, he's, he's not what he looks like in his four-minute YouTube highlight It's reels. not. And, and like, but I think that's what a lot there, of There's a, lot a 0% of, chance he's going to be a point guard in the NBA. Zero. But, but we both said if he needs the ball in his hands. So that's where there's a little bit so, of – So it's like that – and you, the first question you asked me was what is what's best. And I think it's like a secondary ball in there where he's like coming – like he's raising up, pin down, right. whatever, like – and and he gets and he gets the ball and right away gets a screen so he's like taking advantage of a tilted defense and he's big, maybe looking to get to the floater, get to all the way to the rim or pass you know to the opposite right. corner, whatever something like that. Great, you know who can do that? Like and maybe they're not all six nine, but well, <laughs> a lot of dudes yeah. in the NBA can do that. In the NBA, can do that. Yeah. And it's just the point guard thing's not gonna happen again. Watch the clips; he gets picked up full court in these games. Yeah. It's it's like the the teams he's playing against are like straight up disrespectful to him. They think you can't dribble. We're picking you up full court, and we're not going to guard you in the half court because you can't shoot. Yes, that's sign me up. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't get in Israel. In Israel, he's playing with freaking Amari Stoudemire. Right. Like this is. I don't know. It, it was. I'm with you, and I I'm I, trying to like find positives, but and I think if. And granted, part of it is because we're bored, for sure, and we're looking for things to fill our time with. If you haven't watched a lot of him and you see a couple highlights of him, like, stroking threes and running in transition and dunking and making these... Transition stuff's decent. Yeah, yeah like, there's... The, the good is good, but there's just... There's so much about it that is just, like... Man. Average and, like, how many guys in the NBA can do this? Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I Maybe mean, we're wrong. Maybe we're missing someone, but I agree completely with what. With and so what, that's what, like what the, the thing maybe that we're missing is it's extremely difficult to assess basketball in the Israeli league. Maybe. I, I don't know. Like, 
Okay, so let's say that's true, but I don't know like what the counterfactual is. It's like what? So we can't. This is all out because it's Israeli league, or it's really good. I, I just no, it's a I good league it. though. It's I mean it's I don't yeah, know. you know that better than I would. But it's a good league. It's and it's men. It's like it's like a bunch of Quincy. Like it's a bunch of dudes who are like right. fi- physical, like right. in their thirties. And and again, that's another positive I would give Devdia is he like handled the physicality of of the league well, but. Right. Again, it's a guy. Cool. You're out. You're late lottery. You're out of it. This is a 19 year old. I was so disappointed by his defense. I know we talked about that a little bit. I, but. I was like, it, it was startling. Yeah. It was startling. Like, because because that was not my preconception from what I'd watched before. Which of his defense when we did the big board, honestly, it wasn't that much. Right. And I didn't what watch I'd any read, of it. like, it, you know. It seemed like, oh, defense isn't a concern. I was kind of like, worst case, he's an average defender. Like, in the 12 bubble games, he was awful. And I don't know, maybe someone's thinking like, well, what about Ben Simmons at LSU? Well, true. Yeah, Ben Simmons right. was terrible at LSU. But Ben Simmons is a 10 out of 10 athlete. Evdia is a okay to good athlete. Yeah. Right? Is that in, a fair From an NBA standpoint, yeah. Yeah, in the NBA, I think he's an average athlete. And maybe 19, when he's 22, it's he fills out even more, and he's, like, more physically imposing. I don't know. That's – Yeah, we agree. We're I, I think that we – I'm not sure there's been a guy we've had like – Agreed this. and been low on. And we didn't really talk – I guess well, we knew the big – I knew generally speaking right. we, were, we were lower, but – I thought you were going to – it's important to know we have not talked about him. No. And, I, and I texted you. I think I said, I think you're going to love Denny, and, <laughs> and I was wrong. Because you always try and lure me into what I'm going to say, and I just ignore your text. RJ Hampton. Um, I, I thought I thought he was fun. I thought he was he was kind of fun. And and I know that a lot of this stuff is kind of framed by. Again, we're not coming in with clean slates anymore. Denny Avdia, I've heard get his tires pumped up forever. RJ Hampton has just gone from being the number five high school recruit last year into people just kicking dirt on him mm-hmm. over and over again. And so I, I can't wash that from my head. I come in I come in with thinking him thinking of him as lower. And I was um I was I was generally optimistic about him. New Zealand Breakers, 17 games, stats are nothing exciting. Nine point six points per game, three point nine boards, two and a half assists. 29% from three, 48% from two in 21 minutes per game. 19 and a half, number five recruit, class of 2019. I have no idea what you think about him. Where are you at? <laughs> Where do I start? Um, I'm sensing a disagreement. Do, no, I, I, I watched more of him than I, than I thought I was going to, and I was, I was trying really hard to like him because I like the way he plays. and I liked, Like he moves, right? He, like moves, he moves well. Yeah. His energy was great. By all accounts, it looks like he's a good teammate. Like, it looks like he wanted to be in New Zealand. Like, it just, I liked him. I kept going back to the fact that I think he's a terrible shooter. Yeah. Oh. And oh, so dear. my question, I was going to lead off with this. My question for you is, how many guards and point guards in the NBA right now that are relevant point guards can't shoot? I, I mean... There's there's somewhere you try and like square peg round hole it like Rubio or, or sure. whatever. But Rubio's a good one. I mean yeah. he's yeah. I mean there, there's a couple of those. But stuff. you could argue he's not even that relevant, right? Like not in the playoffs. Not. 
I would say I would say Ricky Rubio is a relevant okay. point guard in the NBA still. Um, I guess I mean maybe that's just a good place to start. Is he for sure a point guard in the NBA? Yeah, has to be. I don't know, man. I I feel like well, okay, so that's so. So, what, the NBA so if he's is a like shooting guard, what does he look like? Well, it's like it's like in one of those backcourts where it's kind of two point guards and one's like more than one and a half, you know. Um, but then can the concerns give me, can come you in. Give me an like, example. I actually don't know who you're. Yeah. Um, like well, well, OKC? I would just say yeah, like OKC ran you know a, a multiple point guard look. I mean, we've seen Boston sometimes is doing that with Wanamaker and Walker. I mean, we we, we could go through the teams. It's yeah. There, there's a there's a lot of teams. These uh you know Brooklyn when they go like Kyrie and Dinwiddie. You know what I'm saying? Like what does Dinwiddie shoot? Is what does Dinwiddie shoot? Dinwiddie can, Dinwiddie can shoot it. I mean, he's kind of like a cross you up and shoot a guy. So I, I bet his right. percentage isn't that high, but he's like, he's a fine shooter and a creator. Um, and, and whatever, like think where it's at. I, I think that trend is only going to continue in the NBA. Like, I think it's going just the next thing the NBA is going to lead into is just even more pick and roll. And it's going to be really, just like we say right now, it's really important to play with like, you got to have four shooters out there, right? Like ideally you have five. I think it's the NBA is going to move to a place where it's like, how many pick and roll ball handlers can we have? Can we be out here with three, four, mm-hmm. you know, and not, the, they're not all going to be point guards, but, but yeah, that was, I don't know. And I'm not, I'm not totally there with Hampton, but I was thinking it's probably best if he's not the point guard point guard. Cause he, he doesn't seem like a guy who's going to be able to like set a high screen for him and pull up from three. Like, no, no. and, and I, I just, yeah, the, the shots and the, and the passing wasn't like that special. I see him more of like an athlete kind of like, I kept thinking about Zach Levine and Zach Levine's rookie year a lot on the Timberwolves when I was watching um, his clips with the breakers. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, we just, uh, no, I think that's actually, I never, I didn't think about Zach Levine, but I, now that you mentioned it, Levine is like a, a really good shooter. So that's different, but right. it's like, but Levine, Levine stuff was kind of a nightmare. Like his rookie year was kind of a nightmare with the wolves. It got, it got better over time. Like he had to, he had to learn how to, he had to figure out what position he was going to play in the league. He had to figure out how to, he's like to back to our conversation. Up. He's actually a good example of a guy who improved a shot a lot. Yep. I didn't think about him. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I, I just think to play off the ball in the NBA, if you're not the main ball handler, you gotta be able to shoot. You have to, you have to be able to shoot. And I know yeah. that's not like a, no, it's not, a, it's not a hot take. If you're gonna be a shooting guard, you have to be able to shoot. But, like, <laughs> but I think, yeah, a t- like, how how is Russ when he's off the ball with 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 the Rockets? Do they guard him? Do teams no. guard him? No. And, because I was watching, Hampton, so then you're trying to like, like get him in space so he can then go tack, attack down. Which maybe I was. It's when I was watching him, I kept thinking, could he be Russell Westbrook? And I know that's like a, a right, a, a huge but that archetype thing. of like, but can he get away with being a terrible shooter and just rely on his tenacity and his athleticism? Which maybe he can because he is he's a very very good athlete. So he's probably the most athletic guard in the draft. Take take minus point Edwards, guard. minus probably Edwards. Yes. Yeah, I think I, he's I think an unbelievable what, athlete. That's what just I think kind of um, that jumped off to me right away, and I was like, some of his finishes and transition. It looks like it looks like Russell Westbrook. Looks, yeah, it looks powerful and easy. Easy. Yeah. So, so I think in a, the the reason the Russell Westbrook comparison breaks down is the physicality, right? Like 
Russ is strong as hell. He's the right. one of, if not the strongest, you know, six foot three dudes in the NBA. And Archer Hampton's 188 pounds, um, six foot five, six foot seven wingspan. And it's, that's not like, that's not necessarily like a dynamic physical profile. Like he sound like, to me, that took away a little bit of the pop. I'm like, okay, if he was doing this and he was, Six six with a seven foot wingspan, right, and was one ninety five two hundred as a nineteen year old. Like I would have been, I don't know. The six five six seven one eight was kind of tempered stuff a little bit for him because other guys in the league like that: Jordan Poole, Terrence Davis, Landry Shamit, Jerome Robinson, Derek White, Malik Beasley, Delon Wright, Zach Levine, Jordan Clarkson, Michael Carter Williams, Ben McLemore. Basically, it's a bunch of shooters like in that that body type, right. So that's and that's concerning. you reading that reaffirms my concern about him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's and I want to like him. Like I, it we can't overlook the fact that he was the fifth ranked high school recruit. He was down between like Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, and going overseas. Yeah. So and had was, he got had he gone to one of those schools and had he had a really good freshman year, I think we'd be talking about him as a top ten pick. He played his last game January nineteenth. Yeah, he hasn't played in forever. January nineteenth. Yeah, it's insane. Um, yeah, the so the the top the top five ranked players in the class: James Wiseman one, Cole Anthony two, Isaiah Stewart three, Anthony Edwards four, Hampton five. On ESPN, right? On ESPN, yeah, yeah top one hundred. That's ahead of Tyrus Maxey's thirteen. Ahead of Anyaka Kongu twenty, Lamelo Ball was twenty one, Patrick Williams is twenty eight, Isaac Okoro. Those are all guys lottery, you know, lottery people that mm-hmm. he was like unanimously yeah. thought of a year ago or whatever. Uh, basketball season ago and i think he hurt himself going overseas i I think i think had he gone to one of the top programs in the country he'd be we'd be looking at him as top eight top ten pick assuming he had a you know the year that he was projecting to have sure so what did you think about his defense so he 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 totally looks like the athlete that's going to be able to defend he has no idea how to navigate a screen I mean, do you see how many times he would get screened and he'd spin? You notice that? that I was going to say that exact same thing. It looked like he was trying to run into the screen and then do that thing where it's like, uh, it's I look like, like I'm trying It's like hard. when you're playing Madden and you like get as close as you can to the tackler before hitting B to spin. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. It was it, it, like, <clears throat> that's just what I wrote down in my note. But then there's like times where he doesn't get clobbered by the screen and you see like really good footwork of him like, getting over it and he's fat and he's like not even like catching up to him he's like catching up and getting back ahead and i'm like all right like this is a guy who i think could be a good like point of attack defender and and people are going to be unenthusiastic about that but a a player on that list he looks like michael carter williams he looks like a five-star recruit who's gotten away his whole life because he's way more athletic than everybody who's never actually had to play defense do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, yep. but then he goes to New Zealand and plays against pros, and now all of a sudden, he was. I thought he was horrible on defense. Can yeah. I read you his synergy ratings real quick? Yeah. Pick and roll ball handle. This is him on defense. Pick, yeah. As a pick and roll ball handler, poor. Spot up, poor. Post up, poor. Off a screen, poor. Iso, poor. Handoff, good. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. So in fair. synergy. Poor, it's hard to get a poor rating. It's in really hard. The only other person he's in there with in the international bin is the mellow ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, but you acknowledge he's a really good athlete. Like, 
freak where, athlete. I mean, he's where, where do you think if we're, we're going through a synergy things four years from now when he's 23, like where do you think he ranks and all those things? I think he'll assuming he's in like a, a you know, a solid team. I think he we talk about a lot on this, how much people can improve at certain things. I think he is an example of a guy that could drastically improve on mm-hmm. defense, mainly because great athlete. He seems like a coachable like he seems yeah. by from what we can tell from afar, like a coachable kid. And I just don't think he's ever had to play defense in his life. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, think about when he from when he was in like sixth grade on up, be yeah. that fast, that athletic, that big. Like, he could do whatever he wanted. No sure. coach was going to be like, "Hey, RJ, like, right. get you know." He would just get over just that screen, he dance would, around yeah. it easily. Yeah. It'd be fine. So I think you know if he gets with a good coach, I I do think his defense could improve quite a bit. Yeah, um, we, we touched on another shot was bad. I I just have like a general question for you that I haven't I don't know the answer to um why why do some players consistently miss shots short is it as simple as lacking strength or what would what would you you have one you going through the film one of your players and you watch their last 23 miss it missed 20 threes that they missed and like 18 of them are hitting the rim short what is that? I think that's a great question, and I've thought about this a lot in coaching. I don't think it's – I it, mean, obviously what I'm talking about is all of Hampton's misses for sure. Right. No, and I agree. And it looked like to me – it looked like a lot of upper body shot. It, it looked like he barely bent his – for him specifically. Yeah, those Halliburton wine yeah, bottle Yeah, like he wouldn't, he, would, he wouldn't bend his knees when he shot. So I think yeah. a lot of it's upper body. I don't know if it's a strength thing because guys who are really strong mm-hmm. can – so I don't know if it's yeah. like a physical strength thing. I think a lot of it though is your legs, and I don't. I don't think he uses his legs. It's a straight upper body, and yeah. I think that just by nature you're going to miss a lot of sh- shots short. But I think it's a great question. I, I don't know, and I think it's a, it looks it, really bad. Like I think aesthetically, a, it makes you be like, I don't know if this guy's going to ever be able to shoot. I think it's a really bad sign too. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, I'm uh, not a believer in a shot. I think a shot. I don't think he'll ever be able to shoot. I'm yeah. not going to be tricked again by thinking somebody's going to do it. No, no, I, I, I don't think so either. And, and it's why I ultimately kind of – and uh, there's, of course, outcomes above this and there's outcomes where he's out of the league in, you know, five years. I kept uh, thinking about um, uh, Dante Exum. Yeah. How's, yep. What do you think about that for a comparison? Yeah, no, I think that's great. And, and Exum, I was like – Well, he's, he's like Australia a little too. bit bigger than him, like a little bit taller, a little bit longer, so he didn't make the like physical list. But I, I thought of that right away. They also like look alike. They both played in that same part of the world. Yeah. He's Australian. Yeah. And I think ultimate. well, obviously Exum dealt, has dealt with injuries and stuff, but when I actually – and probably as you – like a lot of Wolves fans listening to this might remember like Exum totally went off against the Wolves. Really? Um once he got traded the Cavs this year and it and it was it was it was all just it was no shooting it was just like being able to get downhill being able to get downhill and over and over again just kind of when you're that athletic and you have and confidence if you're just being defended by one defender you can't really stop that like it doesn't right it doesn't really matter who like who that one defender is on him and I think we saw that in uh, the Melbourne game with Hampton where it was like kind of close down the end, he kind of brought him back at the end. Do you remember? Remember that it was probably had like eight points in the final, like three minutes when he was like confident and actually looking for a shot because he just didn't shoot very much or he didn't like attack very much. I think that's I'm, I'm tying different things together here, but right. you like you almost just have to be extremely confident to be able to be a guard 
whether you want to call it a point guard or shooting guard, um, you know, to kind of exist in a meaningful way if you're not going to do it with the jumper. And, yeah. and, and that's ultimately Exum has only been competent in bits and pieces and ultimately is a bust. Like, right. The, the difference, I think, though, with Hampton is if I'm taking him 17th in the draft, like, you're not – we're not looking for the – you're not looking for this, those same things. We're not looking necessarily for a massive upside of, like, this guy could be potentially, like, the number three on a good team. When you're in the lottery, you're in the top five, you're in the top six, whatever. Like, you're looking probably for a guy who you're hoping three years from now is one of your very best players. I think at 17, particularly in this class, or just, just out of the lottery, it's a ton of role-player guys, right? We've got these, these Sadiq Bays, you know, kind of a Desmond Bain, kind of a bunch of guys who are like, oh, I could see him, like, be watching the playoffs in two years, and he's right. coming off the bench for the Celtics and giving them good minutes. Like, yep. Hampton kind of weaves in there in an interesting way where he's – I don't give him, like, the upside to be a really good player, but he does ha- – it's different than those really predictable, like, Desmond Bain is going to be this. Sadiq Bay is going to be that. Like, Hampton, there's a little bit of wild card in him sure. based on his athleticism, which is real, the fact that he hasn't played a basketball game in 10 months, yeah. and that he was, and he was, you know, really, really highly recruited, only played 17 games in freaking New Zealand. Like, I'm not it, – it certainly wouldn't be a pick that I would beat any team up for going – taking him out of water, even though I feel like this isn't going to be a guy who's going to be able to shoot. I agree. I know. I think at 17, I would be intrigued by him for the wolves. I, you know, I wouldn't be against it. It's I, just the hard part is for the wolves specifically, or any team is drafting there. You can't play him next to another guy who can't shoot. So now right. for the wolves, you're throwing him in there with Jared Culver and Josh and Kogi right. in the wing mix. Like, no, you Right, you can't play two of those together. So you need shooters. I mean, it's it's we keep coming back to it. You need guys who can shoot the ball. It's it's crazy with this class, man. Like it's just a. I think in many ways it's been overblown how bad this class is. That's where I think you and I disagree there too. You do think it's? I think it's. I think it lives up to the hype. I think, I think it's, and maybe this is just you valuing shooting more than I do, which I hate to be on that side of the argument but <laughs> like I think I think the shooting in this lottery is like straight up terrible like it's the worst shooting it's for sure the worst shooting class I would imagine in the past 15 yeah. years and and <laughs> honestly it's part of the reason part of the reason probably why I'm like maybe too high on Aaron Neesmith because I'm like man this is the one dude who could for sure shoot it he made some threes this he year, made like. some threes this year. <laughs> like um, it's weird. It's just it's very weird watching Tony of Dia, RJ Hampton, a lot of these guys, or even some of the guys who shot a good percentage. And you, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, we've talked about before. We're like, yeah, he made forty percent of them. I'm pretty sure if you shoot that slow in that angle, the way he should. Like I, so, if you had to pick four guys in this draft, and and who, let me just, who are the four best shooters in this draft? Um. Who will be the four best I've, NBA three-point shooters in this draft? Yeah. Well, there, there's some guys that I, you know, I have that we've watched. Done. Yeah, that, that we've, we've done. done. I would say for sure, say Neesmith. I'd say Vassell. Um, Who? Devin Vassell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Obi Toppin. Yep. And help me out with the fourth. I'm, I'm, I want to see your answer. 
Sadiq Bay. We haven't done him yet, but maybe. yeah, I, I watched a good amount of him for the yeah. He's up there. It, um, so you said Neesmith, Vassell, Toppin. Toppin. Yeah. Who who would be your fourth? I said Sadiq Bay. Who would be your fourth? Man, do it from the people we've talked about though. Oh, Tyrell Terry. Yeah, we talked about Tyrell Terry. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. I mean, I mean, you could. I mean, you could argue that Halliburton is a better shooter than Toppin. I don't think he is, but I think that yeah. some people, some people, yeah, would, no, and I, I'm sure a bunch of people disagree with what we both said about Halliburton because they're like, I mean, at some degree, Halliburton has shot like whatever, I don't know, 153s or something, and made 40 percent of them in yeah. college. Like, I, that's us taking in taking in what it looks like, but it, it's it's crazy because you, once you kind of, <laughs> for me. I think we wouldn't have to go that far down past four for me to pick James Wiseman. How many shooters in this draft are <laughs> you a better shooter than? <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, I, I mean, I jokingly texted you this that I was like, I, how does it feel to be better than a better shooter than ninety percent of the guys in this class? And I mean, you you won't say it, but you're legitimately a very a very good three point shooter, and and I, I think it, it's it's crazy that hear us on this stupid podcast i'm pretty sure if we went into an open gym and you'd outshoot a lot of this oh cole anthony's another one mm. no i mean i, I don't but, know cole, another what another, another kind of shooter <laughs> 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 uh, yeah it, it's it, it's a would you say that's your main reason why you think this class is just lives up to the hype i think that's that's a huge Bad. part of it but then I think, okay, so you take – we all agree shooting's bad. Then you factor in, like, the other guys in the pack. Like, Ben Simmons couldn't shoot, but we knew he had something else to him. Zion can't shoot. We knew Zion had something else to him. Like, there are guys can't shoot, but I don't think they had – like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Yeah, LaMelo's the only one who you maybe are like – Maybe a little – I mean, not on Zion or Simmons levels, but – Right. His – for him, it would be – his passing for Wiseman, it would be his physicality. Like, I'm just the more I think about this this class, I, the more I go, it, if I'm one of the top teams and I don't have a center blockade, I'm totally cool taking James Wiseman. Like, yeah. sign me up, sign me up for James Wiseman being a really good defensive center. For he's so big, like for the next whatever. 10 years I, I i think i think there's gonna be you know no no problem there it's just what you start moving down you so just if start you down the list if you if like the wolves for whatever reason couldn't trade the pick and you had to take somebody at one you would take wiseman no i would take lamella ball you would yeah and i mean and it would be very close between ball and edwards i think it's fine i, I would well, probably move <laughs> move states yeah <laughs> Uh, you haven't been you don't come to many Wolves games anyways um I mean I don't know I, it, that's why we've like we've said it's 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 hard I think I think what if they do keep it the bet Gerson's going to be taking is which one of these players is really good two or three years from now right and and you, you can make a case you, I think you can make a really strong case that um you know that those guys will be good players have a decent shot at being a good player three years from now. I think probably all of them are going to be bad. I don't think – I think the only player in this class who's going to be, like, good as a rookie from the top of it is Toppin. 
Like, who, who do you think is going to come in and be a player right away? I mean, you're going to laugh. I think Devin Vassell. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Sorry. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I th- I mean, I think Toppin. I think Vassell's ready. I mean, I think it depends where Okoro depends Akoro, where yeah, goes. I think I if that. he's in the right situation, he could play. But, yeah, I think if you – like, I think Edwards is going to struggle. I think Ball is going to struggle. I think Wiseman will play. I uh, think Wiseman will be fine. Yeah. I think Akamu is going to struggle. I think yeah. Neesmith – Depends what role you give him. All depends on how he can guard. Yeah. It all. I mean, we're we're sitting here watching Duncan Robinson, and I don't know how you would rate his deep Duncan Robinson's defense. Yeah, that's part of the reason I kind of like Nismith. Is kind of big. That's but part of. What I, helps I can't imagine Duncan Robinson's defense is great, and we're he watching him. We're oh, watching, I missed one. Just, <laughs> but we're, we watch him light up the playoff. Yeah. Like so, I don't know. If, can he get to that level? Mm-hmm. Um. But that's a good good question. There's uh, there's not a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, well, we'll have to come back. Who are and, we doing next? Uh, I think that's who do you, who are you feeling like you want to? That I we feel like we got to do Josh Brown or sorry Josh, Josh Green. Green. <laughs> we don't um, know the names anymore. Josh, who's Josh Brown? I don't know. Is he a, Josh Brown probably have a million. Is people he's my fantasy Josh football Brown. kicker. Who's there a Josh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See how <laughs> kicker I think. <laughs> We should at some point we gotta do the dude from Serbia. That's seven. Uh, the Pokashevsky, yeah. How do you say it? Pokashevsky, I think. Yep. <laughs> um, and then we're missing Precious. Mm-hmm. And so that's what three. Yeah. And then we gotta do one more. I feel player. like there's one more Euro guy. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll do another Sadiq two. Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay. Yeah, we haven't we haven't yeah. dug into him. Yep. Um, so we'll we'll do those again. Fifty six days till the draft. It's actually like happening. Now. What's, so what day is it? No, November eighteenth. No, November eighteenth. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it feels like well, it's crazy that the finals aren't even going on yet, and we're fifty. I don't know. Maybe that's normal. It it's just it's all it's all bizarre. Um, that's all Will and I have for today. I am going to be back um, with a pod with Britt Robson, where it'll be all that'll be Timberwolf centric, unlike this one. Uh, that'll be coming out into your feed on Monday, September 28th. Um, and then Will and I will we'll choose another time here soon to, to dig into a few of those guys. I mean, I think we're slowly going to trickle our way through the whole first round pretty yeah. much. That's been fun. That's been fun. Thank you again for doing it. Um, that's Will DeBerg um, at WDeBerg14 on Twitter. I'm Dane. I'll talk to you next week. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah Hope you dancing like nobody else around, yeah For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts So you can quickly and easily find what you need Plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.